Hi everyone, it's Pam at the Paper Outpost and Sunshine here with me at the park. We're at the park today in the truck and we're hanging out and we're recording a podcast together and we hope you guys are doing dandy. We are doing dandy here and uh, you might hear a little whimpering because every time another dog walks by, Sunshine has something to say. So that may occur, but uh, all is quiet at the moment. A big Great Dane just walked by, so there was a lot of excitement with that one. And then a few little smaller pups went by too. And we'll we'll go for our walk later, but right now we're going to hang out and do a podcast. Yeah, so today's topic is changing styles. Yeah, does your style change? Um, I had the uh, uh, feeling for this podcast because I recently did a video on... Um, reaching back into my old trunk and pulling out an old journal and rediscovering uh, what I used to do in journals and coming across old styles that I used to do. And I realized I had forgotten a lot of things that I used to do in journals. And um, um, it was fun to go through and see how I put together things and and how I did it. And this particular journal was not a uh, heavily decorated journal. It was decorated, but not um, stuffed like a chunky monkey. It was a, it sat like a regular book and it was designed to be a, um, it was designed to be, um, uh, a regular, a writing journal. And I loved the journal so much. I ended up keeping it. It was one of my earlier journals and I started a feeble attempt at uh, journaling in it, uh, which really came to, um, the conclusion of just a couple to-do lists here and there. <laughs> it didn't really go far, but, um, I realized that I really liked the style of the journal. So, uh, you know, I thought to myself, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with changing your style. I mean, I went from regular size journals to chunky monkey style journals and absolutely love doing that uh, because I love collecting the old papers and um, I love creating pockets and tucks and flips and things like that and just stuffing a journal to make it look like it was already somebody else's journal that happened to be found up in an attic uh, deep inside an old uh you know, steamer trunk. And uh, it was just full of all the little collected pieces of a person's life. And that's kind of the look and the feel I go for um, with current journals. Um, But um, I'm also kind of thinking, you know, there's nothing wrong with changing your journal style. No, maybe you always do Victorian styles. Maybe you always do nature styles. Those are my two main um, uh, genres that I do or themes. Um, But Um, There's nothing wrong with branching out or experimenting or leaning into a new area just to see what it feels like. How about a journal where nothing is inked? How about a journal where it's supposed to look new? It's supposed to look like it came from today. How about a journal completely made of junk mail? You know, there's so many different ways uh, to approach it. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, how folks are feeling about changing their journal style. Is this a traumatic thought? Is it, uh, do you say to yourself, hey, I'm really comfortable with the way I make journals um, and I really like my vintage journals and I really have no desire to go elsewhere because I love my, uh, I love that genre. I love Victorian stuff. I love, you know, all the lace and the foo-foo and and the old papers and that. I'm just so happy there. I don't need to look further. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is no right or wrong with any of this discussion. This is just, uh, this is head rumble. This is just tossing it around, knocking the rocks loose in the brain case just to see if any ideas pop up. So number one, have you ever tried a different journal style? 
Uh, well, first of all, have you ever made a journal? Number two, uh, did you make it a certain style? Did you start off with one style in mind and then slowly migrate over into another style because the journal sort of made itself? Um, I have had that experience a lot. The journals do make themselves. I'll go in with one grand idea and when I come out at the other side, it's completely different. Um, but maybe that's the the way of the artist's path, the way of the journey of the journal. It uh, it does have its own mind sometimes, and it wants to create certain things and express itself in a certain way. And I try not to fight it. I try to roll with it, um, just to embrace that feeling uh, and and uh, see where it goes. You know, there's a bit of adventure, a sense of adventure and freedom and frolicky happiness, skipping along the trail as you are uh, creating these journals. Um, so, yeah, have you changed your journal style? What did it feel like? Did it feel awkward? Did it feel like putting on somebody else's underpants? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't like anything about this. Um, or is it like, um, hey, hey, this is, you know, I've never done it this way before. It seems like a big commitment um, if you're going to make a big journal and try a new style. But it, it could be a smaller commitment if you try it on a smaller journal. Uh, but if you've ever noticed that it almost takes as long to make a big journal as it does a small journal, journal I don't know why, but just it's the matter, uh, it's the process of the construction of it, doing the cover, wrapping the cover, designing the cover, um, getting all the papers for the inside, cutting them down. I mean, sometimes it takes longer to cut them down to fit than it does to leave them whole size and just insert them and be done. So there's that. Um, maybe part of changing your journal style is making a small one if you always make big ones. Or maybe you're going to make a big one if you always make small ones. Or what if you did a little layered stack of journals? What if you had a big one, a medium, and a small one, and they all stacked on top of each other, and there was a big red bow around them? Wouldn't that be cool? That would just be so cool. I don't know. I guess it's the Christmas spirit that I'm feeling a little bit here. And I'm feeling a little bit lazy because there's two women over there doing their early morning workout. She's doing leg lifts. Good, good for her. Go, Sally. Go for you. I just went to Dunkin' Donuts and I got three donuts and a coffee. Yeah, so that's my my workout was donut to face, donut to face. That was my uh, my bicep curl. Oh, what did I get? Okay, truth be told, there was a French curler, there was a Boston cream, and uh, oh, I I was shooting for chocolate glaze. And I may have said double chocolate glaze, which probably confused the woman, but I ended up with a chocolate donut with chocolate icing. Not that I'm complaining. You know what I mean? Not that I'm complaining. It was very good. It just wasn't what I expected. And Sonny wanted to eat some, but you know, we can't, we can't give him any of that nonsense. So we didn't do that. We had to spare him from the, the uh, dangers of all that food. Yes. So... Sunny has just been sniffing, <laughs> sniffing close to mom as she's nibbling on these things. And, uh, okay, all the donuts are gone now. Yeah, it's just Sunny and me in the truck. So, yeah, changing journal styles, it's, um, it takes a little courage. It takes a little sense of adventure, and it's, there's risk involved. There is, there's inherent risk but maybe these are the kinds of risks that are worth taking in life. They're very low threshold danger risks. You know what I mean? I mean, what are you going to get? What's going to happen? It's only paper. What are you going to get? A paper cut? Are you going to get some 
maybe non-inky fingers because normally you ink everything and maybe you're going to go non-inky and see what that feels like. Oh, I came across some uh, um, wallpaper books. Oh my gosh. I have totally fallen in love with these wallpaper books and uh, uh, they're just so lovely and the paper just feels so unique and different and and uh, velvety and smooth and I don't know it's kind of different feel than regular paper from books and and it just looks so pretty in the junk journals oh when you make pockets and tucks or make it the cover of something um, so maybe that is going down another theme making a different style journal um, and I think that uh, what I, I kind of find is that when I look back in my trunk of trunks full of my old journals, um, I do tend to follow a certain aesthetic, even though I'll say to myself, okay, I'm going to make something different now. We're going to do this now. We're going to do that. But if you look at a hundred of my journals, there's a there's kind of a feel or a theme where they look sort of similar. Um, they're different colors. They're different textures. Some are painted. Some are cloth covered. Some are, you know, bumpy on the surface. Some are lace covered. But there's this similarity. I guess it's the, it's, you can't get away from you when you are making something because you are always present, right? Yeah, there you are. You know, what do they say? Wherever you go, there you are. So there I am making a different journal the way I would make a different journal. So I'm assuming, I don't know, but I'm just ramble, ramble thoughts here. That if anybody makes a journal, they're always going to make a journal, a different journal, the, the way they would make a different journal, unless you actually bring in a different journal maker. I don't know how you can get around that. So maybe there are threads of similarities between our different choices of the way we do things. And um, so you might be able, if you take a scan of your own journals, if you ever get to the point where you have a lot of journals one day, to see if you can see the similarities, even in your different journals. Uh, it's kind of neat to see that you you, could, you do kind of have a thing. And, um, you know, even if if you call it eclectic or, you know, bohemian or whatever, um, some type of variety, gypsy, um, there is an essence of familiar. And, and maybe that's just because I'm personally looking at my own journals. I can see my own similarities maybe because... Um, I, I, I know what I was thinking. I know what I was feeling. I know what I was processing and maybe I'm reading it. Maybe somebody else wouldn't read it that way, but, uh, yeah, I've been looking at a couple of my old journals. Funny little sound my phone makes. Um, I don't know. I don't know what am I, because I'm biased because I'm looking at my own stuff, trying to interpret my own stuff. I'm still in the way, you know, it's like the observer looking at a point in time from the perspective of the observer, which is the only place the observer can see things from the perspective of the observer. This is getting highly technical, isn't it? Yes. Maybe we need to back away slowly. <laughs> We're all about fun here at the paper outpost. And uh, Sunny, do you have anything to say? No, mom, there's no dogs walking by, but I will be sure to let you know immediately if one encroaches. Thank you very much, son. Thank you very much. No, he's really, he's on the ball today. Yeah. We already went for our early morning walk, so he's already done a mile. So it's not like he hasn't been walked. And uh, he has been walked. We've been walked. Um... I already walked four miles today, so that's good. So I deserved three donuts in 
my books. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think for every mile you walk, you get a donut. Isn't that, that's a rule somewhere, right? There, there's like that, that is written somewhere, probably on the wall of Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I need to stay away from that place, but they have good coffee. I like their coffee. Um, yeah, so, well, they're still working out over there. Go Sally. Yep. She's doing it. All right. Good for you. Okay. Um, we'll go for a walk later, Sonny. Don't you worry. And, uh, so yeah, kind of think about doing different kinds of journals. Like what would that look like? Like, okay, let's just, let's just put all that stuff I set aside and just say, okay, the next journal I'm going to make, it's going to be different. Maybe I'm going to try a different kind of cover. Maybe it's going to be a wraparound cover and not just a traditional, you know, open, closed book style. Maybe it's going to be a fabric journal. Maybe it's going to be a painted cover journal. Maybe I'm going to collect pretty pictures and collage the front. Um, there's so many different ways to approach the cover. I mean, you could you could just do covers and nothing else because covers are so much fun. Um, and the way you, um, you know, uh, approach doing the inside of the cover versus the outside of the cover. There's just so many different things that you could do. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of thinking, I've got a few ideas in my head about doing different kinds of journals coming up. So you might see some different stuff coming up. I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to... I go on a, a, a journey and... Well, I'll, I, I always say that, honestly, though. Every time I make something, I think, okay, I'm going to do something a little different this time. And uh, it, it sometimes it turns out looking the same and sometimes it looks different. But there's always the essence of the the observer or the creator or the artist or the journal maker in there. Um, it's, I think, a really exciting thing for a person to make their own book, to hand make a book from scratch, from uh, stuff that didn't look like a book at all. And uh, um, there's a lot of fun to be held in that. Yes. Um, and there's the, the weight of the there's something about a book a book holds inherent value just because it is a book it's different than a greeting card it's different than a folio or portfolio or I don't know what the difference between a folio and a portfolio is I should probably look that up um you know, just there's something about a book and everybody understands it that there's great value inherent great value in a book. It's like a perceived value. Whether or not there is true value there is, you know, that's up to um, that observer again, I guess. But uh, there is inherent value in a book, um, which is easy to see when you are a, what I call a book murderer like me. I I take apart books and then I uh, free the pages, as I like to say it, and then use them for other purposes. But some people get very upset with me doing that. And um, I understand that it almost seems like sacrilege cutting apart a book, destroying a book, um, uh, tearing it, like the innards out from its cover. It's almost like gutting it. We actually call it gutting a book. And, um, um, you know, slicing it apart and tearing apart its little pages um, can all be, you know, spoken about in true Edgar Allan Poe style of very dark and mysterious and, and, and uh, the book was torn apart. The leaves were screaming. The pages were being torn. Ah! 
you know, or it could be, oh, you, all this wonderful information is being freed from its captive uh, prison and being able to flutter out like butterflies to many different people, sharing knowledge and wisdom wherever it goes, uh, spreading historical facts and, and fun stories and, and who knows whatnot. You know, it just depends on your, your perspective as the observer. Okay, I guess we're going there again. And uh, um, I think that it's uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, so what are you going to be making this season? Yeah. Do you have one journal on the plate? Uh, is it sitting over there in a pile of stuff that you sort of forgot about and you're wondering whether you should pull it out again and go down that journey? Or are you thinking you're so excited and you want to make... You want to make 10 journals, one for all your family members, and you're not quite sure how you're going to get them all done before Christmas. Well, let me tell you that handmade gifts this year, they're going to be big. And one of the reasons is because all those boats full of stuff um, from other countries, unable to be unloaded and brought into our country, um, that means that, uh, I, I heard a story about this on the news today, that um, little tiny shops like toy shops and things like that, instead of filling them with uh, foreign products, um, you know, made in China and, st- and things like that, they're depending on local uh, made in America hand makers to fill their shops. So you may not see the typical Barbie, Mattel, name brand uh, toys like you did because they just can't get them off the boats. And apparently some of these um, uh, shops are getting together and hiring private boats and private people to help unload what is on these boats because they can't get them in uh, to unload them. So um, uh, that, you know what that means? That means us. That means we creators who come forth and create with our hands here in America you may find that there's a heightened demand for your product because there are not so many easily purchased products out there to put under the Christmas tree. And this may be actually a very interesting thing for us because it will put a big floodlight on handmade products, products made in the USA. Um, And uh, so something to think about, you know, this may be a very good time to consider selling your journals. You may find that there's a good market for them out there. I think there's a very good market for them out there. I think it's a, uh, it's a unique item. Each one is very unique. And, um, the, you know, the, just the concept of something being handmade, um, somebody taking the time, the energy and the effort to create something from scratch, uh, it's really a beautiful thing. And I think that people are searching out those unique things, but this might even give, um, you know, junk journal sellers a, an actual boost of eyes on their product because, um, there won't be other things stuffing the store shelves. Now you may not end up in a a toy store, but you may, you may consider, uh, going down to, Uh, a local gift shop or something like that and saying hey hey I have some beautiful handmade products that people seem to really like what do you think these are these are all the rage lately Um, and you may find that uh, little shop owners are actually quite welcoming to your product and uh, listen they're like hey yeah we need stuff we need stuff Uh, maybe you can put some things out on consignment somewhere Uh, make it low stress on the shop owner and just say hey you know we'll do a you know whatever whatever split whatever works for you and um, uh, so this could be a whole new um, era for junk journal makers that could be really good for everybody Um, rising tide right lifts all boats and uh, 
So uh, this might welcome in the era of uh, handmade books and make them more familiar and more um, understandable and people may see the value and maybe you'll inspire others to make their own books and then you'll be teaching your grandkids or your kids or your sister or your girlfriend Sally down the street how to make a book and um, it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So there's your exciting times for all of us, right? Yeah. So this is going to be a grand season no matter what. I think we got to put that idea in our head and just move forward with it because there is huge potential and opportunity here if we uh, choose to embrace it. Don't you think, Sunshine? Absolutely, Mom. Just tell them to go for it. Okay, got it. And, um, oh, there's a little dog over there. Don't tell Sunshine. He would would actually just love that little guy. It's a little schnauzer. It's a schnauzer. Um, so, um, just for those of you who don't know, I do my videos Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, 7 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube. I'm also experiment- experimenting with YouTube shorts. Um, YouTube reached out to me and uh, uh, I guess they asked a group of people if they want to be part of their YouTube shorts community and they assign us a person um like a manager or something, not a manager, but a, um, an overseer of some sort where they're helping us, uh, you know, answer our, our shorts questions and that. And initially I thought shorts would be, um, Oh, I'm not interested in shorts and shorts to me, it, it seemed like, are they what commercials? I mean, what are they, you know, and my people are used to long form. I want to give them a long form so they can see how to do techniques in this and that. But then, so I watched a few shorts and I thought, okay, um, these are cute and everything. But then I found a few shorts that I thought were actually very good. And it was um, somebody who was actually showing me a very quick technique, or they made an excellent point quickly, and I could get to the meat of it quickly and move on. So sometimes you don't have the time to sit down and watch an entire video. But hey, you could pick up a, a great art tip or something like that in 15 seconds and that could be your inspiration for the day and you could just run off doing that. So you're, you're going to likely see me do some more shorts, um, which are basically, um, I think they're 15 seconds to a minute long video, but those are not going to interrupt my, uh, uh, regularly, uh, my regular schedule of long form videos, which will be still continuing on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Consider these shorts condiments. They're like salt and pepper. Maybe I have a a little idea I just want to share. It doesn't merit being an entire video about it, but maybe it's just a cute tip or trick. And uh, this is also a great way for me to demonstrate um, what I put on my newsletter, the tip. Uh, I can actually show you in a video quickly with it in 15 seconds or so just to show it to you. And you'll be like, oh, I get it now. And um, which I can't do um, on the newsletter. So um, maybe that can kind of kind of help with that. I'm kind of feeling my way around that. I remember being very, like I said, very frustrated with shorts because I'd go and I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a video from so-and-so and you like settle in, you get the popcorn and you're like, you got, you know, your soda and you're all comfortable and ready to watch this video. And it's like got done in like 15 seconds. And you're like, what, what, what? That was, that was practically insulting. I'm all ready here. And that's what you got to give me. But I'll try and I want to make them um, poignant. So it's worth the 15 seconds. So kind of consider these, I think they're primarily, you can watch them on, on the computer, but they're, I think they're mostly designed for mobile watching. So this is the kind of stuff like, let's say you're going to the drugstore and your husband's got to run in, but you're sitting out in the car and you're just flipping through these because they're really quick. So they're like short investments of your time with 
bursts of value. That's, that's kind of my take on it. But anyway, that's, that's my YouTube short story. So, um, what else is going on? Um, I've got fondles, grab a fondle. Fondles are collections of beautiful, antique, vintage, unique, uh, specialty papers, hand-dyed papers, fascinating book pages, postcards, um, tea cards, prescriptions, um, you name it, all sorts of really, really cool stuff. And um, I ship those out to you. You get free priority uh, shipping with those. And I do, I'm making a, a big stack of them right now so I can be ready for the holiday season because um, so far you guys seem to like them and, and many of you are reordering and reordering them. So I'm, that really makes me feel good when I see people reorder them because then I, I think, okay, they really do like them. And I'm, I'm so happy and I'm so glad because I, I know you guys get it about the coolness of these old papers and the textures and the feels and the smells and the, and the velvetiness and the crunchy and just the whole thing. I know you guys get it. So that's so, so awesome. So awesome. So excited to see that. And uh, so, yes, um, those are available. They're in my Etsy shop. Um, something else I needed to explain clearly was um, I, uh, I, okay, so Etsy um, has, um, uh, I set up a website for the Paper Outpost on Etsy. So it is actually the one that Etsy uh, suggests for us to use. All the p payment processing is through Etsy. So basically what it is, it's an easier to navigate storefront. Consider it like a different, more personalized storefront for me on Etsy, but it's still Etsy behind the scenes. So I, I was concerned people might be confused thinking that maybe the pay the prices are different, maybe the payment options are different. Nope, nope, it's all exactly the same. It's Etsy. It just looks different on the front surface. And it is an easier way to find it because I just have to say go to www.thepaperoutpost.com and that takes you right to my Etsy store as opposed to giving you this long obscure Etsy link with a lot of like forward slash this that this that and or if you just try and go to Etsy Etsy is not the easiest search engine to find stuff Etsy is a search engine um, but just if you put uh, punch in the paper outpost you may see one of my things and a thousand of uh, uh, somebody else's stuff and you might think you're buying from me when you're not you're actually buying from somebody else and that has happened and I I feel so bad about that because I can't control that this is the way Etsy works what they want to do is they want to um, show you one thing that you're looking for but then show similar things from other people which I get they're trying to give you variety and 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 show other um makers stuff which is part of the the nice part of Etsy they show us uh uh, things from different people, but um, it can be very confusing if you don't catch who you're buying it from because it, they don't make it very obvious. And it's not even easy to find my main channel page or anybody's main channel page. It's not like you can just punch in the paper outpost or paper outpost and go find my main channel page. You have to do a little bit of clicking around, like clicking on uh, the name of my shop on the bottom left. And then you click on that and you get to a certain page and then you have to go click on my name again to get to the main channel page. So it's, there's multiple steps involved just to get to the main channel page where you can actually see the sections like um, digi, digi kits, fundals, print and mail, um, things like that. So what long story short, what I was trying to do is make it easier for you guys. So if I have this dedicated website that is, um, it's, it's all Etsy behind it. Um, but when you click on www.thepaperoutpost.com, 
you just go to that new website, which, and it says at the top, the Paper Outpost Etsy shop, uh, because it is, and the prices are the same, the payments are the same, the shipping is the same, everything is exactly the same, the number of products is the same, it doesn't matter, you're not going to be beat out if you go to that versus the regular Etsy shop, Um, like let's say you're trying to get a a bundle or a a junk journal collection or something like that, if you go there it's just going to be the same, you have the same chances as anybody else, the same number of products are listed there, if one disappears off of that shop it also disappears off the other one, both shops will still remain in existence, I'm not removing the the regular Etsy shop because I think there will always be a set of people who feel more comfortable on the regular Etsy shop because they're familiar with it. And I don't want to monkey with that or leave that. And I don't even think I have the choice to not have that. So um, that will remain whatever you're more comfortable with. But if you just want to see my stuff and not go down the merry path of looking at a thousand other people's stuff because you're afraid you might purchase something inadvertently from somebody else. Um, and I did have a woman buy a journal from somebody else who, and she thought it was mine. And I just don't want to see anybody end up in that because, um, um, I know it can be confusing. And when the intensity of like, oh my God, I gotta make a decision because these things go fast. I don't want you to feel pressured. You know, I, I want you to relax and go over there. And if you find something great and you, if you know, you're on my page, the www.thepaperoutpost.com Etsy shop, that is only my stuff. You will not get confused with anybody else's stuff. So. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm working on the site. Um, it is functional and running and all my digi kits are there. The fundals are there. The print and mail is there. You can go ahead and purchase right from there. And I'm going to be adding and dressing it up and doing some, a few more things with its aesthetics, um, as time permits. And so that is, that is happening. And what else, what else can I tell you? Um, there's a few other things going on. Should I save it for next time? Oh, I'll tell, I'll tell you now is what the heck just little ditty. Um, Oh, the podcasts. Oh, the podcasts. Um, Anchor um, has invited me to join the... um, They're experimenting with this new concept called video podcasts. And to me, that sounds like a YouTube video. What is is a uh, video podcast? It's a a YouTube video. (laughs) And... um, so anyway, they're, they're, they've invited some people to give it a try and they're going to be unrolling it in October. So I'm not even quite sure what it's going to look like, but I said I would give it a try. So I don't know, you know, how it's going to pan out, but keep, stay tuned for that. And I'll let you know more information when I, when I find out more about that. Um, there may be some new stuff. There may be some uh, videos that I've done before that maybe the uh, podcast audience has not seen. I'm not sure. So just keep your eyes open and we'll go from there. It's all good. It's all good. And it's all going to be more fun and more play and more laughs. Right, Sonny? Are you excited about that? I'm very excited, Mom. You know I love the videos. Yes, yes, he does. He loves the videos. <laughs> and how do you feel about the podcast? Why do I love the podcast too, Mom? You know, I'm, I'm not your best fan ever. No, he really is. He's, he's dandy. Well, I think I've chewed your ear off long enough. Um, don't think I've ever gotten to 30 minutes before, but look at us. Here we are. Lots to talk about. So I hope you're having fun. You guys have a grand day out there, and I got to take a dog for a walk. So love you all, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.